Have you ever known someone who feels compelled to address seemingly simple questions with uh, overly robust answers? For instance, you ask them where they went for lunch and you get an answer that begins with the origins of Texas barbecue. Or you ask about the weather for the day and you hear a lecture involving the prevailing winds. Well, I feel like the gospel writer John might have fallen into this category of person. I have an image in my mind of his early Christian community and the kids gathering around him and saying, Uncle John, Uncle John, tell us about Jesus. And John responding, well, kids, in the beginning was the word. (laughs) Strikes me as a remarkable place to begin a gospel. In John, there is no discussion of Jesus' birth, no mention of angels or shepherds or magi, nor does John begin where the Gospel of Mark begins with Jesus' baptism and the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Instead of looking at baby Jesus, the Gospel of John invites us to take a step back and to see the significance of who Jesus is and what Jesus means for us in connection to who God is and how God relates to creation. John invites us to take the longer view by asking us to see the whole of Jesus' ministry through the lens of these symbols of word, light, and life. Here, John sets the stage for all that will come after. And in this season of Christmas, the church seems to be asking us to see the birth of Jesus through these symbols as well. It's worth recognizing that the lectionary, the the three-year cycle of readings that the Episcopal Church follows, always invites the church, invites us, to hear this gospel lesson on the first Sunday after Christmas. What makes it even more curious is that this lesson is the same gospel lesson with a with few extra verses that we heard on Christmas Day. It seems to me that the church does not want us to miss out on this uh, the, on the Gospel of John's perspective. Um, and interestingly, you know, uh, attendance on Christmas Day and the first Sunday after Christmas is usually a little low. Uh, so it's the hopes that at least on one of those days you will catch uh, this gospel. Um, And I don't know if we've succeeded in that, but in any case, um, you were all here uh, to get the chance to hear it. But in any case, it seems like a fair question to ask why. Why are we asked to see Jesus at the beginning of his life through the symbols of word and light and life? Why start here? My hunch is that the Gospel of John wants us to expand our horizons before we first dwell on mangers or with Jesus emerging from the the waters of the Jordan River. Instead, John's gospel wants us to take a step back and to see the big picture so that we might better understand the details. After all, John's gospel very intentionally models itself off of the beginning of the book of Genesis, which starts with, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. 
But John's gospel even begins before that beginning, before the beginning of everything. John proclaims, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And we know that this beginning was before the beginning of creation because John goes on to tell us that creation comes into being through this Word. John's gospel begins in the beginning before the beginning. What we have translated here as word from the Greek is the word logos, the word from which we get the English word logic. Now, logos is one of those words that has all sorts of robust meaning behind it. Logos is a, is a suggestive word. It's not a precise word. Logos can be translated as word, but it can also be translated as reason, or plan, or mind, or wisdom. Someone mentioned to me after the eight o'clock service that he'd heard the word blueprint used. This word logos was used in Greek philosophy before it was ever picked up and used here in John's Gospel. It was suggestive of the mind of God or of the wisdom of God, present and imminent in the world, but also transcendent. Among some philosophers, Logos was considered the intermediary between God and the cosmos. When we grasp this, then what John's gospel invites us to do is to look at the universe and history and indeed our very own lives through the prism of the wisdom or mind of God, through this word, through this mind of God, all creation comes into being. We are told that this, world, this word enlivens everything, and as such, this word enlightens everything. Throughout time, the prophets, like John the Baptist, mentioned in this gospel lesson, proclaim this light, proclaim this word. They bear witness to this word with their words. We're told that even though this word was present in creation, human beings would not and could not hear it, and yet this word will not be silent, and no darkness will overcome this light. For indeed, in the fullness of time, we are told, this word, this mind of God, this wisdom of God, becomes flesh and assumes a human life. God assumes human nature and the person of Jesus, and in doing so, makes God's very own self known to us on the most intimate of levels. God assumes a human life and shines a light on all the darkness and despair and injustice of the human condition and the human experience. God assumes the human life and through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, triumphs over death. At its beginnings, John's gospel tells us that the light has not been overcome by the darkness. This gospel, here at the very beginning, tells us that life has triumphed over death. We are told here 
that God speaks an intimate word of love to us in the person of Jesus. With this in mind, the Gospel of John proclaims that we will know God by knowing God's word to us in the person of Jesus. And when we see Jesus act or teach or feed or heal, then we are meant to hear Jesus' word as, as God's word to us, as Jesus' acts as God's word to us, as Jesus' person as God's word to us. Jesus is a word of wisdom. Jesus is a word of light. Jesus is God's word of life to us and for us. This word shares the divine life with us. This word makes us children of God. Therefore, this word is a word of grace, a word of unearned and undeserved love. Jesus is God's word of love to you. Here is God's word of love to you, as you are and as you will be. For all of its theological poetry, the Gospel of John begins with the idea that you cannot begin to understand who Jesus is without seeing Jesus as an expression of God's total and complete love for creation. We cannot begin to understand who Jesus is without seeing how profound God's solidarity is with creation and with the human family. And when we understand this about Jesus, then we will see Jesus as God's word to us and for us. John tells us, it is God the only Son who is close to the Father's heart, who has made God known. Therefore, God is not aloof or distant or disinterested. God is not standing apart. For indeed, the word became flesh and lives among us. In the beginning, John's gospel invites us to hear this word, this word of God's love for us. In the beginning, this This word of love is what John's gospel would have you know. For in the the beginning, in the beginning was the word. Amen.